here we are back at Reality Check Check. Thank you for joining us again. We hope we have an audience out there that's appreciating us. If you're interested in subscribing to us, go to realitycheckchat.com because we are the podcast Reality Check Chat. I'm Barbara Scott. And honored to be with you this evening. I'm Judy Herschel. And we are absolutely honored to have a wonderful guest with us tonight. Our, our, what, what did we say we were going to call her? Our podcaster at large. Sounds great, um, Kate, sounds great to me. So we, we're honored to have Kate Fry with us this evening. And we have, a, we have a great conversation to talk about. And Barb, let's get started. Yeah. Maybe I'll just say, in case you didn't hear our last podcast about the child tax credit, Liz has decided to take a break. So it's Judy and I and and Kate this evening. And we're going to talk about a fascinating article in the August 9th New Yorker magazine by Jane Mayer, The Big Money Behind the Big Lie. Trump's attacks on democracy are being promoted by rich conservatives determined to win at all costs. Not only win, but keep their minority rule as they've been accustomed to in, in many places in the country. There's these shadow organizations that are funneling money so that they can propagate this lie that the 2020 election was stolen for the bigger plan of staying in power and winning in 2024. So let's first talk about the overall idea of the article. Um, I think there are two two overruling ideas. One is based around the fake audit that's ongoing in Arizona, in Maricopa County, which is where Phoenix is, which is where the Democrats are, of course. And what's the bigger picture, Kate? You were talking about the bigger picture. I think the bigger picture is the whole idea is to put doubt in the 2020 election because they don't have to prove anything. They just have to propagate this idea that there was fraud and that helps them to stay in power and take the election, 2024 election. To keep them in power. Not that the Democrats don't have some big money people, but it seems she seems to be saying that the Democrats, and this this money is generated by these wealthy, correct me if I'm wrong, Kate and Judy, by these wealthy people through nonprofits a variety of nonprofits, and it didn't start with Trump and the big lie. And Barb, also a lot of family endowments and and a lot of families that, and I think two or three of them were mentioned in the article, that just very low key under the radar families that support many of the organizations that fund these these election fraud promotions, um, millions and millions of dollars. And the big one is the Lindy and Harry Bradley Foundation, which has given uh, over the years, many years, started the Heritage Foundation, the uh, conservative think tank. And she's saying that these are no longer Republican nonprofits. They are right wing Republican nonprofits so that they've gone very far to the right, Mm -hmm. farther than they used to be. And I also think it's important to point out that this whole concept is nothing new you know, the idea of suppressing the vote. Um, The article talks about how back when Obama won his election and all of these powerful conservatives were like, oh crap, we can't let this happen again. So they had been originally, you know, trying to suppress the vote, but they figured out they need to do it in a whole different way. And what better way than undermining our democracy? 
undermining our democracy, if, if one can believe it. And also doing that through, as you say, Kate, and we've said many times on this podcast, suppressing the vote by getting legislatures throughout the country to have more power. In fact, they want them to have power to turn the election, possibly in 2024, should Trump run and lose again, which of course, hopefully he would. And I think that was the scariest takeaway from this article is how close we are to that happening. And I'm going to guarantee that the vast majority of Republicans aren't even aware of that. And what, you know, they may be happy over it because they now have the majority, but that is, that is the downfall of our democracy if that, if that for sure happens. But, but I had several takeaways from this. This, this article gave me a headache. I, you know, I, I, I was, when, I, when I was done with it, I thought, my, my God, there's so much evidence, concrete evidence that all of this bullshit has been going on for so long. And a- every American should read this but yet still people believe that. And I wonder, you know, can we talk about real quick about this, this fourth audit that that, that guy is now performing? Um, you know, he, he apparently, what is his name? Do you remember? Oh, Patrick Byrne. Yeah. He's, the, he's the millionaire that, that started Overstock. Like he, he, something about the deep, the deep rig it's called or something like that. The and yes, yes. And just the things that, that he, he apparently had some type of town, not town hall, but some type of, of, of event where he had a guy that promoted um, alien cover-ups and the CIA being involved in it and all these very crazy ideas and, and QAnon was represented there. And they're the ones that have been framing the dialogue that everyone else is listening to. And, and if people aren't even paying attention to that fact, they're getting facts from these really not credible people. You know, that was that really stuck out at me, too. And I, and I just wanted to bring that up. It's important for everybody to know that these are not credible people that are throwing out this information. They're not. But yet the crazy thing is, is they don't have to have facts to back up what they're doing. There's a crazy phenomenon where people believe what they hear if they think everybody else believes it. The CEO of Cyber Ninjas, Doug Hogan, is the one that's overseeing the audit in Arizona as we speak. And he was quoted in this documentary, The Big Rig, that uh, Judy is talking about Mm -hmm. frequently and, of course, has no credibility. And the Mm -hmm. money that is being spent on this Arizona recount Mm -hmm. is coming from almost exclusively out-of-state, big-moneyed Republicans who are supporting it, but they don't want to come right out and say they're supporting it. They want to do it through these little nonprofits, as Kate mm-hmm. said, these little uh, not-for-profits that they develop. Mm-hmm. Turning Point Action or something. And um, Here's a question. How mm-hmm. did the organizations achieve the status of nonprofit? I was thinking about this. How, how they are, to be a nonprofit, you can't promote any type of political agenda. So how are they doing this and getting They got it. The IRS gave Mm -hmm. it to them. I don't know why. They don't crack down on that. Just like churches can promote hatred and and promote division in a community and not and get away with it. Including our community here, your community, especially Judy in Susquehanna, that church in Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's outrageous that they are allowed to demonize Democrats on their billboard 
and absolutely and and still get their tax exempt status yeah i think judy's right it's not they don't go after these people Mm -mm. and it's wrong Another takeaway that I had was, you know, she makes a, a big point about Bill Gates, a Republican official in Arizona, who was uh, one of the, there were five county supervisors, I guess, who oversaw the election in Maricopa County, Arizona. Mm-hmm. This is just an example. It didn't only happen here. It happened in Georgia, too. We know about that. And Trump's call with Ravensburger. But that these people who ran, they thought a fabulous election. And I have to say that Alan Hall said to John and I, when we were at the um, fair in the Democratic booth the other day, he felt that the Susquehanna County election went very, very well. He was happy with the way it went, their way they, it was so uh, efficient. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was witness to that, that whole process. And if you remember Trump's own election, like authority even said that that election was the most secure election in history. His own people said that. Yes, his own people said that. His own people said that. So this Bill Gates gentleman is torn. I can't imagine being a Republican and having uh, a Republican official and having your own Republicans try to convince you to go after the big lie. Giuliani calling him and he said he was glad he didn't get the call because he realized after Raffensperger's call, or Raffensperger, sorry, that, that they would have asked him to do the same thing. He, he had to go to an Airbnb because um, he was frightened for his family's safety. I mean, this is outrageous. Another thing that I, I uh, took away from this was Karen Fan, who is the head of the Arizona legislature, Republican, who's agree, who agreed to this fake phony audit that, and the taxpayers are paying a little bit of it. Most of the money's coming from outside, as we said, from big donors, mm-hmm. but that she's, you know, according to Bill Gates, who knows her and another, the Republican I was just talking about, official I was just talking about, and others who have a, a Democrat that worked with her when he was a minority leader in the in the Arizona legislature, have said that she she knows there's no fraud. She knows there's no fraud. She's just mm-hmm. doing this because, Kate, you were going to talk about the cult of... Well, see, I took his, when I was reading that paragraph, he was saying how he he, he didn't want to think about whether or not she believed it because the concept was too frightening that that she was actually drinking the the Trump Kool-Aid and believe what she was telling people. And I heard that if Democrats called into her office, she would kind of downplay things and the role of the audit. But if a Trump supporter called in, she would flip the script and say whatever she had to to rile them up. That's the scariest part, like right there. That's the scariest part because we're dealing with, okay, the, the elected officials, the representatives, the senators that before were moderate, before were maybe workable, that have now jumped ship and gone onto to Trump's train. They're either idiots or they're liars. That's the problem. And, and what this dark money, this dark money, and that's really what it is, and the Republicans can, can try to call it whatever they want, but it's dark money. It's what people don't like. In the, the Democratic money is dark. The Democratic money is being used to get more mm-hmm. access to the vote. Absolutely. And, and they made a very good story into that in, in the article where they've explained that. And where the, our money goes towards things like that, their money goes towards disqualifying and you know kicking people out of the, the, the voter being able to vote. You know. Yeah, I want to talk about the 
the assault on the black vote specifically because there's a whole section where uh, now I can't remember the woman's name. The woman that's that's going around, is it Mitchell? Cleo Mitchell? Oh, Cleo Mitchell, yeah. When she was demonstrating how she had evidence of fraud, she was talking about a, let me find it, a specific case in 2010 when the FBI arrested uh, nine Floridians for election violations. But as with many voter fraud allegations, the details of the case were less than advertised. The accusation involved a school board election in a rural Black community in a campaign that had collected dozens of absentee ballots in violation of the law. But the charges were dismissed because the judge found no intent to cast a false or fraudulent ballot. But she's citing that as evidence of election fraud, even though the case was thrown out. She knows people don't read. They don't read into it. They don't research it. People read, read and do your do your own research. Even if they had been charged, uh, the charge had been carried through. That's only nine people. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's not large scale fraud. And they found that people that commit that have been actually convicted of fraud for uh, election violations aren't like pretending that they are somebody else. What they are doing is probably not knowingly voting in Mm -hmm. a state where they have a registration in another state. It's just a mistake, you know. Well, let's take let's take Arizona. They've had 182 ballots out of 3.4 million in Arizona and only four led to criminal charges. That's it. And yet there are still people in our community saying there was election fraud in Arizona. Those are the facts. Yeah. I think that we should point out that Mastriano, the Republican in uh, our our Pennsylvania legislature that's trying to get an audit here, like the one in Arizona, Mm -hmm. in York, Tioga, and Philadelphia counties, and they probably picked Tioga County because Mm -hmm. just to make it look like it's legit, which... But none of those three counties, and the guy in Philadelphia that was in charge of it was a Republican, but it's, they don't accept that he was a Republican and he did a good job. They, all these three counties in Pennsylvania refused to do it because unless, in Tioga County, he said, unless you're going to replace these machines because we can't use them, can't use the machines that we have to vote in November if they've been played around with, if they've been looked at by anybody. I mean, come on, you can't, you can't look at these. And that's the federal election laws that would be broken. And the Justice Department has said that they will check into this and go after any violators of our election laws. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Our very own Tioga County, that's not too far from here, mm-hmm. along with York and Philadelphia said, no way, mm-hmm. not happening here. Might I add that the people that got caught, the nine people where there were charges, the majority were or Republican. <laughs> yeah, you yep. can add that. <laughs> okay. Can't you say something? I was just going to say something about the whole Mastriano thing. Apparently, I read that another Republican in the legislature just took Mastriano's staff away from him because he couldn't get it done, the audit. So they're just turning on each other left and right. Oh, my gosh. They're- oh, wow. What? For what? amazing where did you read that did you say uh i don't remember it was on you have to look it up it's it's pretty funny (laughs) not if that mitchell 
the lawyer Trump, one of Trump's lawyers, that's brought so many cases about. Well, the article says that she she wants them to prove a negative. Show me there wasn't any fraud. You know, so it's not just about counting the votes and saying yes, the the, the number of votes mm -hmm. we counted them in like five times, mm -hmm. and they all come out that Biden won, not by a lot, but he won, mm -hmm. and and she's still saying, well, sh show me that there isn't any, wasn't any fraud, and that's a ridiculous argument. That's a ridiculous. You could be looking till the end of the days. You know, show the fraud, show the fraud, but they can't show the fraud. What a nut job. But at the end of the day. I'm fearful that the history that people will remember is, well, Biden just covered it up, <laughs> you know? Well, not only that, but this, I think we have to talk about the independent legislative doctrine because mm -hmm. she brings that up a number of times. And that's very mm -hmm. important, especially as we look toward 2024 in our democracy. And Barb, explain to, to the listening audience what that is. This came up, the independent legislative doctrine came up in the Supreme Court in, in 2000 when uh, Bush versus Gore. And it was a separate opinion, but a co uh, coinciding opinion, or I forget what they call when they go along, because, of course, that Supreme Court decision gave the election wrongly to Bush, wrongly in my view and many other Democrats. So this is a kind of a concurring opinion, I guess they call it. So. I don't know who the other two judges were, Scalia, Clarence, Thomas, of course, and then a third one. And they have written this independent legislative doctrine, which means that the Constitution says that the state's legislatures can decide in what way the electors are chosen. And they're always chosen by the popular vote. So this legislative, uh, independent legislative doctrine says it doesn't have to be that way. The legislators can decide a different way to choose their electors, not by the popular vote. And so this would be a way, according to Clarence Thomas and others in, on the Supreme Court, of settling a disputed election. It would go to the legislatures, which many of which are in the hands of the Republicans, who could then decide who the electors are, who they choose as electors, and those electors could be for their candidate. And wouldn't have to be following the popular vote. So they keep bringing up this independent legislative doctrine as if it's something that, you know, is written in stone, as if it's something that is a, is a good argument, as if it's something that the Supreme Court can determine. And it's not, it's just bogus. The, the popular vote, as always, has to decide the electors. What are they saying is the positive in that? Can people not see what that looks like? You're not allowed to vote anymore. The people that you voted for for your state, they decide who the president is. Can't they see how that will cause civil war? I'm, I'm just speechless. <laughs> That's not a good thing in any way, shape or form. Are they that narrow minded? They can only like look this far ahead. Are they that narrow minded that? OK, look at us in Pennsylvania, guys. We've got a lot of Republican um, counties. We can take advantage of that. Let's get let's let's make sure that that's supported. Are they that narrow minded? That's just so frustrating to me. That's such a lack of common sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that I don't think they see beyond what's 10 feet in front of them. I don't think they realize that how damaging, how it can backfire on them. And then if when it does, then they'll be screaming 
bloody murder about that, that somehow we orchestrated the whole damn thing. So here's, here's what I think we should do. I think that we should pick some red county in North Carolina, say we want to audit the vote, and we'll change those votes to for Biden. They were wrong for Trump. We'll change them to Biden. And we'll give North Carolina to Biden mm-hmm. after the fact. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. But Democrats would never do that. And Mm-mm. I don't know how anybody could think that if they decide, I, and I don't even think they re- Republicans in the legislatures would do this. But I mean, Jonathan Fritz would, but hopefully there are others. I don't think uh, Senator Yaw would, for example, even though I can't stand him, I don't think he would. I don't think he would. Um, I would hope not. And I, I don't think other, there are other Republican legislatures that would allow this to happen, just like they didn't allow it to happen in Michigan when Trump, you know, invited him to the White House and, and it didn't happen in other states where Trump tried to, to make it happen. I don't know. But the backlash would be, I mean, I would be out on the street. I would be out on the street. And I'm an old lady. I think, you know, there would be a hell of a lot of people out on the street if that happened. But she talks about it a lot and how this big, big dark money is really interested in it. And she also talks about how these people who are financing all these organizations that have names that are like the opposite of what they're actually going to do. Turn out the vote or whatever. (laughs) Crazy though, but, but it's brilliant. I'm not saying I'm for it, but, but, but. Well, they've been doing that forever. You know, they've just, yeah, they've discovered and have been doing it for years and years ways to basically, I guess it's psychological warfare in a way. Um, Well, they support Alec. They give Alec money and Alec of course writes mm -hmm. legislation that we all know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But to just convince people, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm just thinking that, well, she says, Jane Meyer says in, in, in this, uh, piece that Judy, you made me lose my train of thought. I'm going to kill you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, all right. And Jay Meyer makes the point in uh, this article that the money that has been going to these right wing organizations through this family foundation and other and other dark money sources, because you don't. That's the thing about dark money. You don't know who is giving the money. That's why it's called dark. But that they used to be supporting anti-abortion and getting judges, their their judges, judges that think like them in the courts. And so they've now moved to so-called election integrity. And that's in quotes, air quotes that you can't see on a podcast for their organizations like Turning Point. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot of them. I wish I listed them, all, them too, but there were, were a lot. Promoting the big lie and doing it in ways that if they're legal, they're certainly not fair, like putting up a can, a fake candidate against an Arizona Republican so that and Democrat so that that would take away votes from the Democrat and the Republican would win. But before they could do it, uh, somehow they were found out and getting teenagers I mean, oh, yeah. Rally Red Forge Gold. and Turning Point. Rally Forge, right. That's another <laughs> one. Yeah. Getting teenagers to get on social media and pretty much behave like the Russian bots. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... Yep. Share things with each other. I reworded it a little bit so it didn't get picked up by um, and told them what to Facebook say. or Instagram and told them, and told them what to right. say. And Yeah, it wasn't you know, them. Paid them. Paid. They were paid to do it. 
And, you know, but that's their tactic. I even look at local Republican groups. They don't go out and do voter registration. They don't go out and say, you know, hey, we're going to what do you need from us, man? You know, it's all, you know, this election shouldn't stir in anger and hatred. You know, that's, it's really what it is. And, and, and in a lot of ways it's working. And that's where we need to be very smart on how how we counter it and, and talk talking like this is really a start. We'll need to know all this stuff. I think everybody needs to read this article. I left well, it, that article thinking everyone needs to read this. <laughs> if it's just the part about Gates, because Gates is an interesting person. And he says that he thinks the real problem in the Republican party came when president Obama was elected because so many blacks came out to vote. And that was scary. That was very scary. So they wanted to do something about it. And they are starting to do something about it. And it's scary that their power, the white power, is is being possibly... Kate, fill in. You were talking about the, the black vote. Yeah, their power is being diminished. Mm-hmm. Because there are fewer old white men now. The minorities, the Latinos, the black communities... Mm-hmm. And, he, and I thought it was interesting that he was thinking it was not only race. Gates said it wasn't only race, but um, he thinks, I'm quoting now from the article, he thinks it's also about cosmopolitanism, secularism, and other contemporary values that make white conservatives uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it means that they would be allowing any other religion except Christianity to become the norm, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And you're right there, there for a while, there's been an undertone of Christianity that infiltrated our culture in a lot of ways. I mean, look at, look at our politicians since the beginning of our country, all white men. I love white men. You know, there's a lot of wonderful white men, but there's an establishment that is having a very difficult time adjusting to the change that has been happening. The change that that Americans are demanding. We don't need those white men to be in charge anymore. No, it's time for clarify. When I say Christianity, I'm referring to Christian nationalists, not Christians Mm -hmm. like Judy who understand Mm -hmm. right and wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, believe me, believe me. I knew what you meant. Yeah, I knew but, what you meant. Scary. Clarify. That's good to clarify. I just wanted to say another thing about. Gates, Bill Gates, not the Bill Gates, IBM Bill Gates, but this Bill Gates, this Republican in in Maricopa County. I just want to remind people who he is. He was a supervisor, whatever they call him, in in Maricopa County, oversaw the election, one of the ones that oversaw the elections, and and really into politics all of his life, which I really kind of understand. And she quotes him at the end of her article. And what's so dispiriting is that the people who are pushing it from the top, they know better, and they do know better. And that that is very dispiriting. I mean, like, look at Lindsey Graham, you know? He knows better. He knows better. Look, he said better. He said over and over again. And we could name a lot of people like that, that are art, but, but are choosing money and politics over, over what is over morality and good decisions for America. Right. And to me, it's right smack dab in our face. I just wish more people would wake up to it. And why don't people see that if Republicans really want to get the vote, they have to have policies that make people's lives better. And they could do that. They could come up with policies, but they don't come up with anything except stop the steal, the big lie. 
I think we've covered this. What do you think, Kate? You you okay with it? Yeah. Yep. Did you have anything you we want have an awful to add or anything? There was this quote um, from one of the founders of the Heritage Foundation that I found to be kind of scary. I think I know which one you're talking about. Paul Weyrich, he helped establish the Heritage Foundation, and he said that I don't want everyone to vote. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as a voting populace goes down. Exactly. And that's what we were just talking about. They, they don't want everybody to vote. They, they, they don't care about the policies or getting people's votes. They only want certain people to vote and they call those the legitimate voters. And their definition of legitimate voter is different from ours. All right. So have we decided what we're going to do next time? Not really. Well, we want to thank Kate Fry for joining us. Thank you so much, Kate. I know it's not your favorite thing to do, but I thought that it would be nice for us to, I thought this article was so important that I convinced my potters here to, uh, and that's with D, not T, to investigate the article and kind of lay it out there for you. Once again, it is Jay Myers in the new, uh, August 9th, New Yorker, the big money behind the big lie. And we will be back sometime soon. Sometime soon. And go, go check out the article with a different yeah check out the article with a different topic but we're not sure yet which which topic that will be so um we thank you and once again you can subscribe oh and once again we're on spotify now so if you're a spotify person search for reality check chat and you can um subscribe there and you can listen on spotify and of course you can always listen at our website realitycheckchat.com and we want to thank amanda cook who is our tech help and tech guru tech guru and carl hagstrom for writing our theme music and kate fry for joining us today yeah it was fun all right over and out good night guys night